Welcome to the final episode of our 1993 season. This is Living in the Past. Uh, my name is Paul. My name is Benjamin. And this is uh, our favorite, probably no one else's favorite, but I don't care. This is like the, uh, we do our top five lists of the year of 1993. Had a little, having a little look back um, about like what we went through and, and what, we, what we sort of learnt. Not much. Um, <laughs> I was, um... Really not a lot at all. I learned that if I say my full name at the start, it seems to throw you off though. It does. Um, <laughs> You're like, what? Uh, who, who the fuck is this? Who, who, what? <laughs> if you do your full name and all things, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm on a Zoom call with a serial killer. Um, so my... Uh, you always have been. <laughs> um, the one thing that I've noticed mostly about um, all of my list today is that it did gradually get better. Like, as a, as, a, as like I, I can say that, like, on my list, there is no entries i think from january or february on there at all um it definitely got better towards the end of the year how about you hang on all of your top five does nothing from january or february i don't think so no holy moly all right maybe the song there goes my there goes my pick for your number one <laughs> <laughs> my number one is not leprechaun uh, <laughs> um fool. Yeah, so I, I, especially with movies, like it was just like um, it was. I I do I did find this year or this season, it was my top fives were a lot easier. I don't know whether it was just like because I had like maybe maybe like I had like a firm. I think I always had, always had like a firm sort of one, two, three in a, in a couple of my lists, and it was just sort of like a battle for yeah. the four and five. But more so than like the years beforehand, like this one didn't take me as long. I sat down, I, I had I had all my all my spreadsheets and I had all my like calculating devices, and I was like, oh, I didn't need to do that. It was actually pretty easy. Yeah, I had a bit of a panic when I first started doing it, thinking this is going to be way too hard. And then when we had the talk about uh, the new song top five, the old song top five, the Pearl Jam Nirvana thing, the album inclusion versus songs, that did make it a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah. And then I made myself a little table. Usually I'll just like write them all in one list down a page. Uh, having it in a little table really helped me out, i got to admit. <laughs> well, I was, and I it looks saying, nice. I was saying to you that um, like, over message that I tried to make it so like there was no overlap with um my songs and my albums. I found, and I found that like a lot easier. Like I was thinking like, because I like, if, if I like a song, but then, like, you know, it's good enough to be on the best albums. And, like, I don't think it needs to be doubled up with, again, sort of thing. Like, it's sort of, I'll reserve that for, like, other stuff. Yeah, so that helped me out make my list. But I also felt kind of dirty when making that w- two of these w- lists. That WNA is on your list. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, like, I having an like... album on there and knowing that there's, like, an incredible song on that album. But then not <laughs> putting the, and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think with the songs, like, I mean, um, there's a couple that I left off, but I'm just like, and it's like, oh, the album wasn't great, but those songs were really good. But like, are they top five good? That's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. The biggest issue I had that I need to make clear now. So we're doing our top five films, our top five albums, yep, and then our top five songs that are new to us and that we already knew. 
Yeah, so that's, now, that's, let's let's like so yeah, like at the top five songs in split into two categories: ones that we sort of discovered this season, and ones that we had always long loved, but we we're now ranking. Yeah, but now we're getting to that territory where I'm not finding a lot of new stuff because this is like becoming the golden '90s era for me, well, this where is I knew a lot of it. This is and this is why. So, so for next, so I think from '94 onwards, I'm going to say that it's now just the top ten songs. I mean, we'll see. Maybe there will be new discoveries. I'm yeah. just saying this year there wasn't heaps of new standout stuff. Well, even if, I reckon even that, uh, it's, it's just songs in... I think from, from next year onwards, it's just songs in general. So it's like, even if it's new songs or old songs, we'll, we'll make it a bigger list. And then, like, yeah, you just you rank you rank those songs. You just can't whittle down to five, can you? Ah. Uh... Maybe um, we should say, yeah. we should get going. Um, so, uh, what do you want to start with? Do you want, should we start with uh, movies or um, albums? Like you, you, you. you um, I I kind of feel like maybe we start with oh, I was going to say songs, but say songs. I don't know if I want to finish on films. Okay. Do you want to finish on films? We can finish on films. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's do that. Okay. Cool. So, so we do the uh, the new songs. Yes. Okay. So I felt like um, I remember when we did. Uh, um, actually, I, I shut my mouth about the other stuff too because this is. I think this one was from February. When we um, did February, we both landed on an album, um, and I think it was a little bit of like there was no there was nothing else out there that was that really decent. But like um, I, my, my number five song, new song is "Ghost at Number One" by Jellyfish. Because I remember Jellyfish was ah. an album that we both liked. Um, and yes. this song, this song remained in my um, my everyday playlist, and um, it's just a very uplifting. Um, is that one of that? How does it feel? Du, 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 du. And it's um, got a bit of a Beatlesy sort of nineteen late nineteen seventies sort of thing. Bit of an ELO, I think, bit there too. Um, but yeah, I a little bit semi charmed. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's just like I just wanted to make sure it included because like out of like um, I was trying to sort of my 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 criteria was just like something that really stood out that I'd never heard before. And um, this, this this ticked all those boxes sort of thing. So, yeah, my number five is Ghost at Number One by Jellyfish. I'm going to have a disclaimer at the start of my five because there's a good chance I had heard all these songs before. Mm-hmm. I either didn't know who it was or never gave it, like, a second glance. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's also inferred. Like, I think it's, like, it's stuff that we, like, don't listen to on the rig sort of thing. So... Yeah, um, and my number five was quite a tough one because I hate the end of it, <laughs> and I think Iggy Pop has quite a weak voice, but Hate is such a good song. Yeah, that's it's it. just not done amazingly, but I do <laughs> like it quite a lot. Do you think um, maybe maybe a, maybe a cover versions in in its future and they can fix it up? Maybe I reckon there's definitely covers of this that are, even live it's probably a lot better. Yeah. He's a, yeah, that's the thing of like, maybe he's like the, um, the X-Files season one of like finishing songs. Like he's just, <laughs> okay, you're in the wrong pod. <laughs> um, my number four. And now, um, I'll say this one because like, I did know the song beforehand, but I thought a completely different band had did it, <laughs> had done it. Um, my Ooh. number, f- my number four is Ordinary World by Duran Duran. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, that's fair. I believe I thought it was, um, uh, the Personal Jesus Band. Um, <laughs> um, what, which, which ones are they? Your own um, personal 
G's. Oh, fuck. I, maybe they start with D as well. I didn't think it's there was... Depeche Mode. Yeah, Depeche Mode. Yeah, yeah I thought it was Depeche Mode. Um, they do personal Jesus? Yeah. That's Depeche Mode. Why am um, I thinking of Living Colour? <laughs> <laughs> You're just thinking of the San Andreas soundtrack. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Um, Ordinary World is amazing. It's an amazing song. Um, it's one of those ones that like... And there's a couple a couple of um, ones on here that I will say that um, didn't make the cut. Um, but ones that I'd heard sort of through the um, the bedroom wall from my brother. Um, this one especially, and also um, the one by Suede um, that I really liked. Uh, it was... I didn't even list them anyway. Animal, Animal Nitrate by Suede. And I was like, that's just songs, oh, yeah. songs, like, songs I'd heard in sort of movies or, or like from my brother and stuff like that. And like sort of click that sort of nostalgia thing. But like Ordinary World was just like, oh, this this is an amazing song. And I thought it was like in the 80s. I thought this was, I thought, I didn't even know, didn't even know Duran Duran was still around, um, especially in 1993 um, and, and putting out quality like this. So yeah, Ordinary World's amazing. I mean, I mean, it's one song. It's the River of Dreams, <laughs> which didn't make it on in my list. I was like, I was like, oh. yeah, I was, I was, I wanted it to be, but I'm like, let's be honest here, like it's not, it's not great, and I still feel like it's um, I'm not gonna call it racist, <laughs> but I feel like Billy Joel sort of went for that that gospel thing. I'm like, oh, I don't know whether that's yeah. your, I don't know if that's your lane, dude. Maybe go and mm. go back into the yacht yacht, yacht rot lane. <laughs> uh, what's your number four uh, my number four is this old banger ah. because like your number four I just thought this was a generic 80s teen film song yeah I know we had MTV Unplugs as kids like CDs and compilations or that sort of thing so I'd heard it here and there but it yeah. never clicked like this is the Cranberry's dream. This is the people that do Linger and Zombie. I was like, that's just some 80s tune. But, uh, yeah, finding out this is Cranberry's and this is excellent, unplugged and not unplugged, uh, I had to... I was torn if it fits in with old songs because I knew the song kind of well already, but I'd never really bothered I, with I it. I put it on the same on the same wavelength as Ordinary World. Like, you, you, I knew it, but I just didn't yeah. know it as well. So, yeah. Um, my, uh, number three is, and I'll play a little bit of it cause you might not remember it, but, um, it was on from our May, um, episode. And again, it was like, I think it was slim pickings in that one, but I really liked the muffs and, um, oh. I I like this because firstly it got me onto it got me onto the muffs. Um, I really like them, and I've I've like delved a bit more into them um, since I've heard that. And it's just like that song saying goodbye is just um, like I I I feel like we wouldn't wouldn't have maybe. I mean, we probably would still, but like it reminds me of like early Distillers, um, even a bit of like uh, like the the harder sort of whole stuff and. You know, it's, her voice is awesome, and just um, it's really easy to listen to, and, and and a good album. So yeah, the Muffs saying goodbye is my number three. 
interesting because I have in my so I made a list of like each month what was the standouts. In May, I have no songs and I have no albums. <laughs> I think you chose chose like is it Polvo or something like that? you picked on something really weird. I think and I was just like, yeah, that was that was decent, but it never really stood out. Yeah, and we wasn't. had like a few of those months in '93, like of just um. You know, like, and if it wasn't if it wasn't the music, then it was the movies. It was like, oh, like we got a bunch of movies. They're all a bit, eh, but I'll pick this one because it's the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your number? Um, but I'm on a similar wavelength to you from my number three with uh, Bikini Kills Rebel Girl. Ah, nice. Which again, I didn't realize was in 1993. Yeah, I thought that was earlier too. Yeah. Um, and it's another song that, like, obviously through Laura, I've heard more recently um i've probably been aware of it for at least five years but i did not know this when i was a kid i did not know this song in high school and it's everywhere now like now we've got this new wave of women getting the i mean not the respect they deserve obviously but like getting closer to it um a lot more female-led things uh yeah this song is making quite a comeback yeah and so it should it's fucking banger yeah, this um, this is yeah. I I I wish I'd listened to more Bikini Kill back in those in those days. It's just one of those things that just obviously. I'm okay that I don't because I cannot I cannot handle the rest of this album. <laughs> <laughs> it scares me. Um, now this yeah. one again. Um, going into like because I I had to in- include some hip hop. Of course. And, um, I was sort of I, I I nearly put brand new sweater from Digitronogram because it's hilarious. That song's fucking amazing. You should listen to it. That entire album's great. Um, I think you made me listen to it. Yeah, the Digital Underground, I think, is like my breakout group from from the podcast so far. Like, I've, 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 I love listening to their stuff. It's it's so funny. Um, but I'm going to have to go with... Um, and look, <clears throat> I wasn't a huge... I only sort of listened to this sort of stuff recently, as you know. So I still think this sort of fits it. But um, mine is definitely going to have to be... A Tribe Called Quest. Ah, cash rules everything around me by the Wu Tang Clan. Um, look, yeah, I know that. Like, yeah, I probably should have known that or listened to it a lot more. But like, I just, especially Wu Tang Clan, just never came across my my wavelength and stuff like that. So like, um, so listening to this album when it when we covered it um, for this for, for this podcast. Um, it's amazing. It's just, it's an amazing album, and, but this one, I think, it's it's just I play it probably like once or twice a week. It's just a great song, and um, yeah. Um, was that November or December? I th- no, I think it was like yeah, October, November. Um, I just wish I'd got to it earlier, but um, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Cream or Cash Rules, everything around me is my number two. I didn't list. Wu Tang in my list at all. I think by November, December, I, I, I thought like we're at the end. I'll either know it or it wasn't worth noting. Yeah. And I remembered them this morning. I was like, oh fucking cream. There you go. I'll say for the first time, like I would say that like as much as I love Tropical Quest, Tropical Quest, this album didn't resonate. Midnight Marauders didn't um uh resonate for me as much as like the last couple that we did oh so like oh, okay. um, in in regards to like the hip-hop stuff like i, I was getting into wu-tang and digital underground probably took the took the crown um but i've always got a soft spot for like tropical quest but it's um yeah it was uh not as um 
and I think it's their second to last or maybe even last album um, until they came back in like 2016 so yeah that's going to be a rough end of the decade for you then <laughs> well that was like <laughs> nah because we're fine because um, soon they're going to uh, infuse rock into my into the rap and I'll, I'll get into that <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, offspring can't be far away, right? <laughs> that sounds fun, doesn't it? Limp Bizkit, come on. Yes. <laughs> it will be, you know it will be. Oh god. I'm not listening to Limp Bizkit. Um, <laughs> so, after remembering Wu-Tang this morning, yep. I I did have a brief consideration for them jumping into my one or two spot. Yeah, yeah. But, in typical... No, it's not typical band style. This is Paul style. This is jingly, jangly, boring <laughs> nonsense. But it's that every now and then you get a shoegazy song. What's that? that? Is, this is Allison um, by Slow Dive. Oh, your Slow Dive. Yeah, sorry, I don't do mushrooms. It's just, <laughs> It's just nice. And it's weird as someone who's never done drugs and enjoyed this music the way it's supposed to be enjoyed. But it's just... I would love to see you in a slow dive gig and just being there and just like... like Grinning. And, but then also like, but then like getting a bit upset at people who are on drugs. It's like, you're not, you're not paying attention to, like, to what they're doing. Open your eyes. <laughs> How many donuts did you eat? Look at, look at that pedal board. He's got so many things on his pedal board. <laughs> They all do the same thing, but there's so much thing. There's so much stuff on their pedal board. You're number so my, one. <clears throat> I wonder if it's yours. Actually, I think I think yours might be in your old. But this song, um, I play this song so much, and it's so good. Apart from the fact that the movie's not. Hey, guess what? What? Same number one. Oh! oh yeah! <laughs> Right this colour, is, right place. This is Fallen by Teenage Fan Club and De La Soul from the Judgment Night soundtrack. And it is a delight. It's so good. It is the best thing about that film. It is the best thing about the soundtrack. Um, it's so hard also to get De La Soul stuff. Like, they're not on streaming services or anything like that. And I've always wanted to delve. And I can't find their CDs anywhere. And if you do find a CD, it's like 50 bucks to buy it. So I get what I can from them. Um, I love it. I love the song so much. It, uh, apparently, it, uh, this is the widest hip hop song that a white person can listen to, as I was told last night while on a uh, fries run. But, but I don't care. Who do you think? Oh. <laughs> I yeah, whether, I don't know whether that's fair. <laughs> uh, I don't think Laura. I don't think Laura dislikes the song. She just uh, gently mocked me for liking it so much. No, nah, that Old Town Road song's like way worse. That's way wider. I don't know. It is, but it's catchy. It is. But so um, is this. And the fact that there's a little Tom Petty sample in there yeah. just makes it even <laughs> goobier, <laughs> but better. <laughs> so there it's we okay. go. We have a, the joint number one, um, Fallen from uh, Teenage uh, Fan Club and Dealer Soul from the Judgment soundtrack. So let's get um, while we're still on songs, we'll go on to the old songs. Um, can I make Can I make an early shout here? Yeah, we're gonna have the same number one again. I don't. Uh, I don't think you will. Okay. But, um. So this one, um, I as much as having like some hip hop representation, I've got to have some pop, um, representation too because 
I like pop music. I always have. My mum always had like, you know, if if my mum didn't have like the adult contemporary station that also had some pop songs on it, my sister definitely listened to like um, like the pop stations and stuff. So you know, like it was surrounded by it. I love it. And in this, in this um, sense, I had to put in. I'm so intrigued. Ah. This isn't pop, this is quality music. Dreams by Gabriel. Um, this song is great. It's like Yeah, it is. It I couldn't put it in the I you know, and it was like it's one of those things like I couldn't put it in the new songs because I'd be lying to myself that if I didn't like, you know, every time I heard this in the, in the shops <laughs> or the car, I'm like, Dreams can't come true. <laughs> just like, you know, just crooning along to it. Um, it definitely needed like I mean um, it was either this or Shoop, because um, I don't I don't mind some salt. Oh and yeah, Peppa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what's this? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, this one um, I had to have it represented on um, on my, my top five. So yeah, Dreams by Gabrielle is my number five. And you also had to have some John Mulaney somewhere in your top five. Yes, <laughs> he hosted. Did it you ever hear the? The uh, Foo Fighters story of when, I think it might have been when they were first on Saturday Night Live and Christopher Walken was the host. No. And Dave Grohl was telling this story about Christopher Walken and how he's going to introduce him. He's like, so when I announce your name, is the emphasis on Foo or Fighters? And I don't know if Dave was a bit like taken aback or if he knew the joy that was about to come. He's like, oh, it's like the emphasis is on Fighters. So Christopher Walken introduces him. Foo Fighters. <laughs> Foo Fighters. Instead of saying, instead of saying it like a normal person. Uh, so you're Dreams number five. Gabriel, number five. Yes. Yeah, so uh, number... My number five is Frank Black's Los Angeles. Ah, I nearly put hang on to you yeah. in my in my. I don't think it was ever like anything from Frank Black was ever going to be on top five, but like, I do like Los Angeles, and I do like his Hang On To Your Ego cover as well. Um, it just... it was a toss up between the two, but I think. Uh, Los Los Angeles has always been like my go-to Frank Black song. Yeah, I've got a fundamental until later albums. Frank Black too, and I was like, I don't think I can ever seriously like him. Yeah, there is something about him that he's not particularly personable. No, Um, (laughs) but until I hear that he's done awful things, (laughs) I think I think he's just like this dumb music nerd from Boston, and you know that's okay. You make good songs, you do them well. Yeah, you don't have to be nice about it. Don't, like, yeah. don't be mean to people. That's that's all I ask. So <laughs> the thing about um, what we said before about how I haven't doubled up on my albums and my songs is that if you hear any, if you hear a band song on this top five, obviously their album's not going not to be in my top five albums. So um, to wit, oh. uh, my number four <sighs> is Today by Smashing Pumpkins. Um, I can't oh, deny that that's like you forgot that we did it. No, I, I f- carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't deny that. Um, this song is one of the bangers of bangers that's ever banged. But like, um, the album itself, especially listening to it this year, like it's it's just. And wait till we get to melancholy. Holy shit! <laughs> um, there's gonna be a lot of. There's a lot of. Um, what he, what does Bruce Willis call it? And they came with like a lot of chuffer, a lot of a lot of stuff you can just cut out. Um, it's just 
I considered Siamese Dream as an album, but the album itself doesn't have enough. No, like I love Disarm. Like Disarm could have been um, in this spot. Like Disarm and Today, I reckon, like two of their greatest songs. And Disarm, I used to love because I could actually play that too. It was like one of those ones that like yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, today it's it's still something I listen to regularly. It's the I love how the the opening riff is in and like it's so low and then like sometimes you just don't know like when that full band kicks in sometimes it's just so it kind of scares me it's like you kind of jump it like it's actually it's actually like this, this, yeah. this, this wall of sound that comes in it's so well produced um so yeah today by smashing pumpkins is my number four excellent choice i i don't know if i'm sad that i skipped it i mean that order some should be in a top five when i look at the songs i've got <laughs> uh <laughs> maybe should have I, I've got too swept up in, like, nostalgia and just the quality of a song. And for that reason, my number four is Ordinary World. Oh, nice. I, I somehow knew very early on that this was Duran Duran. I don't know how I knew this was Duran Duran when I didn't know that Dreams was Cranberries. But <laughs> this is just one of those songs that it it's like Boys Don't Cry or any... Any high quality bang you find from the eighties, like you said, this should have been in the eighties. This is, it's too good. Yeah, it's I'm not going to not put this in a top five. It's it's an incredible song. It needs to be up there. Yeah, definitely. Fight me. <laughs> um, now, like I, this number three spot for me, it was it. This is the one that's like um had a revolving door because um dreams by Cambridge is on there, um like for for the longest time, but I was like, you didn't want to double your dreams though. <laughs> don't want to have too many dreams um and i love the cranberries and like they were like a big part of me growing up because my sister really loved them and stuff but i'm 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 kind of holding out maybe to the next album because i reckon that's the one that really sort of got thrashed in our house um and then i was like also i don't have like i need to represent my my punk because that was a huge part of me growing up um and in this indeed like in this in this year we had like we had a pennywise album um we had like the first rancid album um, but and we also had another album that at the time I can't remember what happened at the time, but we just got caught talking about other stuff, <laughs> um, and we never actually even covered this on the show. But Bad Religion came out with Recipe for Hate, which is a very very huge album for me. Um, not my favorite album of them, but they've got a song in there called American Jesus, and that that song transformed what I thought punk rock could be because of the lyrics in it and like just the way that it's um there's a lot of uh, the like the way the song's like laid out there's a lot of um political stuff in there as well and other stuff I remember the the film clip was very striking like um Greg Graffin the the lead singer is carrying a um carrying a crucifix around the streets of LA uh yeah it has to be represented so yeah my number 3 is American Jesus by Bad Religion I feel like you did that to yourself a couple of times through this pod and ignored the things that are nearest and dearest to you, or like just forgot them or overlooked them somehow. Yeah. Oh, I think I'm always like conscious of um of uh it going so too long, especially in that, especially in the in the music part because the music part is like you know we we get like the way that sort of the show goes is like we usually try not to spend too much time on the events and sports. Films is always like the longest, 
TV is usually the shortest and then like music can go long as well and like oh and I'm looking at the clock I'm like oh we're in like an hour and 20 <laughs> we need to wrap this yeah. up so it's like yeah. and like if there's something like um that we both um enjoy then I'll rather sort of like talk about that than like just go on a big sort of thing so and this is the, and this is like this is the opportunity that we have every season to at the end of it go all right we missed this but I really want to talk about it so yeah um and next I can tell it's anyone is into punk rock next year Holy shit! There is some there is some releases coming out that we're going to be talking about. So potentially, uh, we might we might forget them. Oh no, this time like yeah, but yeah, um, I have to mention. So yeah, American Jesus by Bad Religion, my number three in my old songs. What is your number three? This is the perfect segue into my number three. (laughs) And excuse me, I need to just play it because okay, this song. This is probably one of my earliest earliest memories of music and emotion being attached to music. Okay. And even though it's a cover, <laughs> this is always in my top five. <laughs> it's one of the greatest covers of all time. Don't talk to me. <laughs> this song is incredible. <laughs> I think I remember you saying at the time, like, I just remember you, like, clutching your CD. And, That's like... irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, funny thing is, I never even had this on cassette or on CD. I had no access to this song other than it being huge on the radio and probably hearing it a handful of times and going, oh, my God, this is amazing. Did you record stuff off the radio? No, I believe my siblings probably did. I and did. that probably yeah. helped out. And like you'd have to like that's why and that you know what you know what I I can tend to anyone that did that I think we all have a healthy hatred of radio DJs because the amount of times that they would fucking talk over the beginning and or ending of a song and not just let it fucking play it's like oh, Jesus shut up <laughs> I'm trying to get like yeah. I'm trying not to pay for this for the song that I want to listen to <laughs> <laughs> shut up <laughs> uh, for those playing at home that's Mariah Carey's Without You yeah not yeah. Hero which uh, no uh, Hero as I was listening to this yesterday it's all chorus the verse does nothing for me <laughs> all chorus no verse <laughs> yeah um, I also didn't realise uh, originally that song I don't I think I was always confused because Harry Nielsen would come up a lot with that song, but I'm pretty sure it was by Badfinger. Okay. Who no one knows also, but worst, they were like worst, a 70s group. Worst Bond villain ever. <laughs> Badfinger. <laughs> He's the man. The man who's bad to touch. Can we... Can I find their original one and see how sure. it compares? Yep. I was just keeps talking to um singing Bond songs. Um, I've nearly, I've nearly, I've nearly watched all, I've nearly watched all Bonds, um, this year. So I started, just, I know, I think I started just before New Year's, and um, now I'm nearly up because we we're, we're we're building up to like the last one, and I'm onto the Daniel Craig's oh. now. So I've just got Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Spectre, and um, Skyfall to go. Oh, so you haven't started the Daniel Craig's yet? No, no, just just about to. So, okay. I, I've, a couple of like I've also been um, listening to the commentary like with um with the podcast um, James Bonding with them too. So, like, yeah. 
Have you seen any of the Daniel Craig's before? We watched Casino Royale, didn't we? Oh, Casino Royale is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, yeah. I don't think I've watched like a lot of the other ones. Um, I definitely, I definitely have never seen Spectre. Um, so yeah, I am. I'm looking forward to that. So, how's the change from Pierce to Daniel? Like it's <laughs> completely different world of film. It's insane, and especially that last, uh, that last Pierce Brosnan one, Die Another Day, is such fucking woeful. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. Good it's soundtrack one with, though. One with um Halle Berry in it. Yeah. Um, so this is how. Uh, Mariah Carey originally sounded in 1970. <laughs> yeah, that's alright. That's not bad. Right? It's okay. But it's not... It doesn't have the same heart and soul. It's kind of dull, right? It's very 70s. Yeah. I, I don't even want to get to the guy's voice because it's it's not Mariah Carey, so yeah, it's here. it's like when we heard that um in the Bodyguard when we heard the uh, the original I oh, Always Love yeah. You in the bar, and it's just like oh, why would you put that in this movie? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um, well, <laughs> oh man, I can make that joke again, but I won't. I can make the Back to the Future joke again, but I won't. Um, <laughs> Kevin Costner's like, hey, there's that sound that you're looking for. <laughs> the sound of a sad old man in a saloon. Um, no, nah, Kevin, we're good. <laughs> I promise I'll, I'll rain that down to like uh, two two times next next season. Um, so this one, um, look, I I was it was on my album list for a very long time. This the the actual your number album. two of old timey songs that you've loved all your life. Yeah, no pressure, but. but I will say that it's not my favorite album of theirs, but this song needs to be represented because like, this is another song that like totally transformed my idea of like alternative folk and country. Um, Ooh. Oh, it is low by uh, cracker. Um, cracker is one of my all time favorite bands. Um, they, were after like a pretty uh, bad time a few years ago when I wasn't wasn't doing well. Um, I really sort of got into them, um, and they were like my, you know, when you go through something like that, and it's like you've got like that soundtrack to that. I reckon uh, Cracker was definitely there, and like it's when I went when it was when I went crazy and tried to find all their CDs like online and bought them, and yeah, like <laughs> I was um it was just like it was just a, a transitional portion of my life, and like this this was the soundtrack to it um but i remember my brother listening to this i've always had an affinity towards the band um i love um yeah there's, there's probably not an album that they've released that I, I don't love um but this song is quite iconic and um oh sorry echoic is apparently if if it's a sound it's oh. echoic oh yeah so a, okay. a, a visual is a visual is iconic a sound is echoic um oh. Thank uh, you for teaching me that. That's cool. Uh, so, yeah, um, and uh, it's, I mean, I should probably just get to the chorus here. <laughs> Man, listening to that and you're like a you know 11-year-old kid is like, oh, is he saying stoned? He doesn't say stoned, he says stone. But like, 
that's that's like a rallying that cry. It's like that's something you can like. That's going to be an earworm that's going to be in your head for like the rest of the day. It's awesome. And it is because I know nothing of this band. I'd never. I'm pretty sure I didn't know them at all growing up, and it's never been in the circle of music that I've listened to. But I know this song very, very well <laughs> from being around you and living with you and like the clear connection and how much I think I've probably even mentioned on the month that came out, like how much this song clearly was a part of your life and it was Yeah. It's always been around. It's yeah, one of those songs you've you clearly don't tire of. I don't care, and I think I mean I know everyone else might do, but I don't care because this is awesome. So, <laughs> um, what's your number two? two? My number two could have gone to either list. Uh, it's it's already a head song, so uh, <laughs> I was wondering about whether they're gonna you're gonna put Pablo Honey in there. It, I mean, the album isn't quite enough to knock off any of my other albums. Um, but it's not one of theirs I've listened to. It's I've listened to this one the least out of all the albums, but every now and then I'd give it another go. I'd try it here and there. And this Ripcord is always the one song that really yeah. stood out on the album for me, other than Creep, which is obvious, but uh, I still Creep's, think it, it's I, a great song. It's kind of overdone, doesn't fit in. It doesn't fit in the movie. It doesn't fit in the album. It's it's weird. Not Not quite, no. Yeah. Uh, it would have fit perfectly on the next album, I'd say. Okay. But Rip Chords, yeah, it's it's new-ish to me because I've only just started to appreciate it probably in the last year or so. Yeah. But I've known it for a long, long time. But now I understand it's a, it's worthy of a, a top five from 1993. Nice. All right. Take that, creep. Um, <laughs> now, my number one. Um, I think you might be able to pick. You might be able to pick mine. I thought pick- I did. I thought that we we're on the same. So are we, uh, are we, we're not doing that because usually we pick um what what each other's or do we just do that for albums and or, or, or and movies or? I think we'll just do it for films because everything else is too hard now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. <laughs> yeah. I'll just see if you if you have. Guess what? What? I told you. Is it the same? To be honest, my number one, I wrote Mazzy Star. <laughs> because I could not choose between Fade Into You and Into Dust. It is a perfect song. I don't care. It's- I think if she had a Greatest Hits album, they would be together like... <laughs> We will rock you and we are the champions. <laughs> they would become one eclectic unit. Oh my god, this song. Um, I can, as I've said on the episode, I can pick like at least five times in my life where this song has been uh, just there and just perfect. Um, and not always perfect. Sometimes it's just been like something bad's happened and then it's just cropped up on a radio station or a or a playlist or something, and it's just like, it just crops up when you need it, and sometimes when you don't need it. Um, or you hear it in a film, and suddenly this film is now like 12 times better than it was 10 seconds ago. Yeah, yeah. So if you've never heard Fade Into You by Mazzy Star, um, and like, the, I mean, the entire album, um, so tonight that I might see, um, definitely uh, is worth a, a, 
a listen. But yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> I I knew it. I knew it very early on that that's what it was good. I think you just didn't believe that I would have it. Yeah, I, well, that's the thing. Is like, I, I think at the time I didn't know whether it, like you were that into it, but like, yeah. I mean, I think I think at the time I was like, I, I actually even thought after we recorded the episode, I'm like, I've just played my hand there. He knows that that's going to be my number one. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you really, really did. Uh, um, but then when I when I had to put it as mine, I thought, well, if it's mine, then it's obviously yours. <laughs> but I would I would maybe lean slightly more towards Into Dust. Okay. Very, very slightly. Yeah. Well. There we go. Um, before we get into the albums, I recommend we kind of just take a quick break, and then uh, so basically, like if you want to sort of dip in and out of this, this is a this is a good good chance, good good point to dip it, dip out, and then dip back in a little bit later. So we'll see you in a sec. And welcome back. We are going through our top five lists of the 1993 season. We just did our songs and now we're doing the albums, the top five albums of 1993 for all of us. Now, we just mentioned just off mic, um, we, we probably know about at least two, if not three, of the albums that are going to be on this list, as we do most years that there is a Pearl Jam release and a Nevada release. <laughs> um, but the rest is like sort of up to... I'm, I'm, I, I, I didn't even try and pick your albums this this year because i was like i don't know if i could um but uh let's uh, start off um so why don't you start off on, on number five uh my number five is i i feel a bit harsh um it seems a bit low but it's got two standout songs the rest is kind of filler but enjoyable filler it's brad's shame i knew you were gonna put brad on there at some point yeah. i had to <laughs> Oh, it's, man. it's really, really good. Like the, it's not. But the filler whatever. songs are still nice. <laughs> it's just so boring. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> You're boring. Uh, yeah. No. Nah. And look, I look. I cannot. I mean, a lot of people, when I say my choice, will be like, "You're laughing at Brad." Um, counting <laughs> Counting Crows, August, and everything after uh, has to be on this list. It's amazing. Oh, I thought that was going to be number three. Uh, no, nah, it's yeah, it's, it, okay. it was it was it was uh, yeah, man. This the albums, I kind of knew my albums. I just didn't know the order of them. Um, and I think one of them's gonna surprise you. Um, but yeah, Crown Crows. Um, this is definitely not my not my favorite Crown Crows album. But like, this is a good starting point. Um, I nearly I nearly sacrificed their their listing on here to just put um uh, around here on the on the top songs list. But I think. The entire album is strong enough to, to put on my top five albums. So, Counting Crows, August and Everything After. Um, also, really weird that they didn't release that in August. They released it in September. <laughs> but <whatever. laughs> Maybe that's the, that's the joke. <laughs> um, so, what's your number four? Um, look, unless you want to do some fancy editing, I'm going to have to call myself out here at, for a, a late audible yeah. uh, Siamese dream. <laughs> All right, you're putting the whole album. Uh, yeah, because I forgot about Cherub Rock, <laughs> and Mayonnaise is all right, and Soma's good, 
my previous number four was Pablo Honey. Just don't ask. And uh, just don't ask Billy, Billy Corgan why my mayonnaise is spelt wrong because he apparently gets quite quite prickly about that in interviews. Uh, is it because he forgot how to spell it? Probably. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it's a big funky word. Um, like, yeah. Look, I I did have debates about flipper, uh, candle box, altered state. There was a few like bands I didn't really? know before and albums. I liked the first half of the album a lot. Yeah, it was but... very it's like a weird compilation mix. It was just it was so <laughs> random. And the first half of the album is very diverse and all over the place, but all works together. Yeah. Um But there's yeah, three or four random releases this year that I'd never heard of that could have made it in. Um Kettle it was because they were fighting... didn't, really, didn't release anything. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and there's no sound garden either. It's tough. Um, they were all wrestling with Pablo Honey, and I thought Pablo Honey is actually a pretty good overall album. I'll I'll put that in. And then after doing Ripcord, I thought, no, I need to I need to keep this all different. And the fact I didn't give Cherub Rock today or Disarm a song slot, then it deserves it deserves mention. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so my number four contains. Oh, it is the Breeders' Last Splash. Um, I need it also because I don't think I highlighted this song on the actual episode. Yeah, you. You spent most of the episode talking about driving on nine. <laughs> I know. Um, Which, Saints is probably that was on like, my shortlist for songs. Saint, well, Saints was on my shortlist for songs too. Um, it's probably one of my favorite songs of anything ever. Um, this this it has so much good stuff in this album. I couldn't just put it onto the songs. It had to be in the albums. Um, I love the Breeders. I love this album. Um, probably. I mean, I have to be honest. Like, I haven't listened to much more past this album. Like, I like I've tried to sort of keep keep it going, but this album is so good and has so much, has so many good tracks and just like, um, and they're all around a lot. I mean, we watched like the, you know, I watched the Conan O'Brien one, but they were just around a lot. Like, they they did a lot of touring. They worked hard like that year, especially. Um, they were just everywhere, and um, you know, I had a pretty major crush on the Deal Sisters. So, um... Oh, that's fair. You're a young boy. These yeah. things happen. Yeah, you know, 39-year-old man, but yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah oh, I uh, thought you meant at the time. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, definitely um, The Last Flash by The Breeders um, is, is just awesome. Um, that, I will admit that was... That was in contention with Brad, but uh, Brad meant more to me growing up than yeah. the Breeders did, I'm sad to say. Okay. Sorry, cool. Kim. Love you. Right. <laughs> yeah, she's listening. Um, um, what's your number all three? Right. An- another shot in the dark. We'll have the same number three. Okay. And uh, I'm two for two so far, so <laughs> <laughs> going out on a limb here. Together Alone by Crowded House. No. You fucking idiot. Did you forget about it? No, I just um, it was on the shortlist, but it just um, I don't know. Like I'll, I'll say that like it had a bunch of really good songs in there. Um, maybe too many. 
<laughs> um, but uh, oh yeah, don't, you don't want too many good songs. But like you know, I I, I wouldn't um, you know, other stuff like uh, like even the Babylon um Rancid and um even Cracker like I'll probably put those above that and they they didn't make the list so like it just wasn't um yeah it just wasn't in, in contention. But they also didn't make your song list, so yeah, what, what gives? Oh, I don't know. I just um, I don't know. Like it's I I love I I'm I'm at the the beginning of my crowded house love. Like I I wasn't. It was not that I didn't. I've never liked them. It's just that I just don't. I, they just weren't on my radar for so long. Um, just just I've, to remind everyone, we've got Pineapple Head, Locked Out, Private Universe, and Distant Sun. <laughs> And I'm 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 going back into like you know in a couple of years time it might it might be on there again but like it's just like I just think there was there was there was stronger albums for me. Um, Oof, I didn't like it. All right. So, those you, are those are B plus crowded house songs, and you've left them in the dirt. <laughs> so let's let's hear your atrocious number three. In utero, <laughs> What? <laughs> What is wrong with you? Uh, well, you you hate my number two, but my, my number two I love so much. Um, I just I just I can't. I had to put it in there, and like I mean, well, while we're here, my number two is in utero. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, yeah, in utero, uh, like I do like it. It's it, it might, I might like it sometimes more than Nevermind and the others, like Insane and Bleach, but like, um. I don't know. Listening to it again, um, maybe it's like fatigue. Maybe it's like um, <laughs> you're on a motorbike. <laughs> yes. What's the opposite of uh, recency bias? Yeah, I think. Well, that's the thing. Is like maybe maybe I like I like because we spent so much time on it. Like maybe I just haven't listened to it again um, in the lead up to this. But like, uh, look, I look as, as you hear on, on our track by track, like I've got big major love for this album. Um, it's just in, in the way that I was like ranking the albums for this season, it just, um, it just wasn't quite up there in the top two for me, but yeah. we had a brief conversation last night about what we will include and how we will include it because I was stressing on, how much Nirvana I have in my songs and does it still get a top three spot in the albums? Yeah. Because, I mean, like we spoke on the episode, Francis Farmer, uh, Sentless well, Apprentice, Francis Farmer Servant Servants. My songs, yeah. Yeah, that's my initial thought when doing songs like Francis is my number one. Yeah. Or maybe number two. Um, so... For you to have it at three is uh, <laughs> devastating to me, but then I've only got it at two. So let's yeah. see your number two. <sighs> okay, so the reason I like this so much is that I read a little bit of background into it too, and it was made as a like a um, a kind of a um, response to the uh, the male dominated Chicago music scene at the time. Um, and that's is it the Judgment Night soundtrack, and that's that's even even in the title of the album is 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 kind of like a play on that. So it's Exit to Guyville by Liz Fair. Um, oh, um, I love so much stuff in this album. As I said, like at the time, I think she was like, you know, I see some like strong Courtney Barnett sort of ties to to, to her as well. Yeah, um, she's a great storyteller, um, uh, musician, and 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 lyricist. Uh, there's uh, there's a pretty long album too, but like it's just like some of it's um. 
pretty it's like pretty short sharp, sharp and and punky sometimes but it can also be sort of drawn out um and she's like it like a couple of like um a couple of times that she's not she's not afraid to swear like it's, like, it's one of these ones where at a time where stuff was still pretty clean on on the most part especially for female yeah. artists like she was like it was like kind of like the anti Cheryl Crow not saying that Cheryl Crow was bad um but like she kind of looked similar to Cheryl Crow too but like she was definitely not like she was like the other side of the coin um like uh, it's just a really good album um and one I'd, I'd always listen to the one that comes after this because I really like the song Supernova um, but this one I think is, is a lot stronger and, uh, yeah, this one, number two. So exit to Garville by Liz Fair. I mean, I guess I can't be mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's just say our, our, our number one, both together. <laughs> It'd be verses by Pearl Jam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I didn't call what your number one would be because I thought 50, 50 chance in Udra or verses. And I, I was scared that it wouldn't be verses. I was like, there's a good chance it could be a new draw. I don't want to go out on a limb and say it's it's verses. Well, I'd believe... But, I'd, I, it's my favourite Pearl Jam album, I'd say, like, ever. I think it's like, if I was going to rank them, um, it's got everything you need in there. There's, there's no dull moment, really. There's no bad songs. There's no mediocre songs. Um, it's just the best second album, too, of, like, a band that I can think of. Like it's just it just it tops the first one and then goes further. Um, yeah, I mean, Dave Abrazitz is on it, but like we can forgive that. It's fine. But I know a lot of people don't like him, but I feel like his drumming fit the band better than anyone else's ever did, mm. because some of the songs are so simple or so chaotic that everything he did was it just accented perfectly. Yeah, I loved everything that Dave did with that band. Um, and it's, although I've never called it my favorite album, it's been my favorite track listing, which I know doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> like he said, every song on here, probably excluding Dissident, is <laughs> um, incredible. Like it's, it's got a good flow. Every song is basically a hit to me. But when we go to next year, like that's when they start getting a little bit experimental. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that like, you've got like tracks on there that are like not even really tracks and it's like they start to sort of get get a little bit sort of um into their own heads about stuff i think but um this like i'd say for the until you know i mean maybe even backspace or avocado is when it's like it's, it's like a straight album sort of thing it's like they're not fucking around they're just doing it and it's 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 um yeah yeah they start pushing back on what everyone was telling them to do and they just did whatever they actually wanted to do yeah. rather than try and be annoying, I guess. <laughs> Which may they, may they may not have actually been doing, but that's sometimes what it felt like. Because yeah. what is the point of Red Dot? No one's getting anything <laughs> out of that. Fuck off. Hey, it's Jack Irons. It's fine. Um, <sighs> so let's take another little short break and then we'll get into our, uh, our, our films. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see you in a sec. And welcome back. We're into the last top five for the season of 1993. Films were pretty big this year. Like they start, like 
like I said at the start of the episode, like they definitely got better as it went along. Like we had our first full plate of December releases. Um, December was probably one of our biggest months. Um, there's a lot of, uh, a few rushed sequels, which I hope aren't getting into the our top five list, but we'll see. Um, we've got, uh, you know, we we had like a landmark films um, that will be remembered for for years and years and years. And Did you just tell also... me not to have Wayne's World two of my top five? <laughs> and then we also had Leprechaun. So um, you know, it's it, it was a it was a diverse year. Um, these ones in particular, like it was, it was the first few months. I don't think there's much that I, I grabbed from there. Alive sort of made, nearly made it onto the, on the shortlist, but it was just it was just a little bit too long and in the teeth. I'm guessing you didn't waste any time with Woundafoe candle wax penis. I did not. No. No. Um, okay. Did you fair. want me to start start this, this sucker off? Um, yeah. So how do we want to? Are we just going to call out if we have? The movie in the right place? Yeah. Or the yeah. wrong place? Yep. Okay. So... Yeah, you go for it. Uh, my first is Cliffhanger. Uh, ah, fuck. I had to... I, I was tossing up between that and Demolition Man. Um, Demolition Man... Fuck, that was my number five for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just... I think I liked... I think I just like Cliffhanger better. Like, it's, it's more of a thing of... I just think... I downplay a lot of these action, like, so Sylvester Sloan and all that stuff. I'd, I'd, like, you go through all these years and, like, you go through your 20s when you're in your high art phase and you don't want to, like, even sort of think that, like, you know, you don't want to give them the time of day sort of thing. And then, like, you just sort of just brand them something because of their later films. So, like, as soon as Expendables came out, it's like, oh, maybe he's just, like, a dumb action guy. But, like, Cliffhanger's yeah. a, a really good movie. Um, it's a really decent action one. It doesn't really... It doesn't have, like, the lull that some um, recent film, films have, like, in the middle there. Like, it's just pretty much balls to the wall. Need more wolves, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and the 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 the, the, the stoner um, ski junkies didn't, um, didn't need to die, but whatever. Um, Do they even need to be in it? Oh, you need to have that 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 two minute scene of them driving down the road side by side, oh, and yeah. the car like crash into them. Um, so yeah, this one. Um, my other joined uh, because like a lot of these have like runner ups to them, but like CB4 was nearly in it as well. Um, really? Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, uh, so my number five is Cliffhanger. Uh, you're going to be really upset with my number five, but you can also thank that it made the top five. Because Wayne's World 2 did not. Um, spoilers. <laughs> Didn't quite make the cut. Yeah. Uh, the Fugitive. Okay. Look, it's in the five. <laughs> you should be proud. All right. It got, it got ahead of Judgment Night, okay? Okay, I'll take that. And I thought, I thought, I thought looking... that was going to be um, another number, so I'll just take that off that. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's... Although I'll still rave about the film, just be, just because... Um, The Fugitive was just another one of those films that just glues you in. I don't know yeah. if it's Harrison Ford. I don't know if it's the storytelling. It's Tom Lee uh, Jones. It's definitely not Tom Lee Jones. It is Tom Lee Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a you know, suit time, a... but I've got. I'm wearing jeans too. I'm uh, I'm comfortable <laughs> down the bottom and business at the top. I'm the mullet. I wonder man. if he started that look or if it was already going. Jerry Seinfeld, Seinfeld he, was doing it. Seinfeld yeah. stole yeah, it from well, me. Okay, from any comedy house, okay. comedy hall. This is why I didn't want house, to put it in my list. Outhouse, dark house, hand house. 
This is why I did not want to put it in my list. <laughs> uh, that, that's enough, Fugitive. What's your number four? Should we move on? <laughs> Christ. Yes, please. <laughs> he's got he's got another movie out coming out next year and I can't wait. <laughs> um my number four was Groundhog Day. No. Number four? Yeah. You won't you believe where I put this for you. You love it more than me. I will give you that. And I think, um, look, I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to like look over the problematic uh, things that happen in this movie. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I think, um, like, yeah, I love it. Like, it's, it's, it's one of the best films um, of the year. Uh, um, I think there was better romantic comedies. Uh, but yeah, uh, number four. Not showing <laughs> three more spots of winter. I don't know. <laughs> uh, do you want to do you want to mark down a point for Ben, please? Oh, so you you, you said that it was number four. I I hoped and assumed it was going to be higher, but I know what your top two is. No, no. Um, so it was three or four. I so I, I did go four. I had Demolition Man at five, Groundhog Day at four. Okay, cool. So number three. No, 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 sorry, you're uh, number four. My number four, uh, very similar music to your number four, Cool Runnings. Ah, uh, I had that a bit higher. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you're going to be so you... disappointed with me. <laughs> um, yeah, Cool Runnings. Uh, similar to it... your Groundhog Date, there is some like potential problematic moments, um, but it's so sweet and fun and heartfelt and... Although, I mean, every film's always going to offend people, but the amount of people that come out in support of it and said that it's been had a positive impact, yeah, um, I don't think you can ignore that as well. It's John but Candy, obviously, like, it uh, is. It was on my shortlist, so it should be. It's John Candy. Again, um, so was Mrs. Doubtfire, and that didn't make it even. So. <laughs> ooh, he he probably is the best and worst thing of the film. John Candy. Um. Yeah. The like. He's amazing in it. You need his role. He's great. But there is that white saviour complex. But, you know, from a white person's perspective, I don't see him as a saviour. No, but I know for people of colour, it's... And he's flawed as well. It's an issue. Yeah. Like yeah he's, he's, he's a, a cheat. He is. Um, mm. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire did make it on the list because I think once a day since I've... S- since I've watched that movie, I think about drive by a walk by fruiting, <laughs> <laughs> and Prince Brosnan's face when he gets hit with a pear or a plum or whatever. It's just fucking amazing. Um, if it was just that bit on repeat, then that would be number one for this year. <laughs> <laughs> the whole um, film is just Piers Brosnan at the pool being attacked by fruit. <laughs> I still put it up on the Instagram too. I really got to do it. His face is and like. Just going through all his Bond movies, that face pops up quite a lot. Just that sort of confused anger. <laughs> yeah, um, look. So number three, what do you think my number three is? I've got you down for Sleepless in Seattle. That was in the contention, ah. uh, definitely. Um, that was in. It was definitely in there. I had So Married Axe Murder um, floating around. I had Dave. 
Dave was very oh, yeah. much in the, in the mix. I forget, you have a lot of films that make your list that aren't usually big films. They're those random little ones that are just yeah. your perfect Sunday afternoon film. Oh, and this one, I believe at the time said, was like, was like the top of that list. Um, uh-huh. Robert Downey Jr. in uh, Heart and Souls. Oh. Oh. Needed to be on my okay. top five when I when I and maybe at the time I was just you know yeah you know, I was maybe going, going through some stuff but I cried a lot in this movie um, <laughs> and you know what I don't even have to be going through some stuff to like be crying through a movie so um, it's excellent if you've never seen it um, obviously Robert Downey Jr. has these four ghosts attached to him inexplicably for <laughs> throughout his life um, you got some Charles Grodin in there. Um, you got some Kara Sedgwick, which, you know, just tops it off for me being a big fan of the closer. Um, I just, yeah, it was, it was just, it just hit right. Um, as far as, uh, cause like with Sleepers in Seattle, I feel that it's too autobiographical and also how to, <laughs> ah, shut up. <laughs> um, uh, how do I put this without, without being mean? Um, Meg Ryan's like Meg not Ryan. a good actress. <laughs> and but your girl Rosie. Uh-huh. And Beige Pullman's in there too. So like... Yeah. Um, and being as beige as he could ever be. Um, Leave I just, Bill alone. It's, it's, named, it's pronounced beige. Um, so I find, I find the end of that movie, like the last half an hour, a little bit annoying because it just... Like we talked about on the other podcast, um, Do Thing on Spooky, the X-Files one we do. Um, sometimes it's very obvious when the writing is serving to make the story chug along. It's a bit too obvious. So like I find yeah. like the last yeah, half an hour, 20 minutes when like not only does she like get over Beige Pullman and lots of stuff, but then she's like, you know, go to New York and it's like it's just it's just it get, it fits together all too perfectly and it just it just that that annoys me. I need a bit more. That's a that's a rom com for you, standard rom com. Not my rom com. <laughs> not my rom com. So what's your number three? Well, let's get away from rom coms. Um, I felt a little dirty having this in my list. Not for <laughs> uh, that. I should rephrase that. Uh, it feels inappropriate to have this in a list at number three. Schindler's List. But yeah. Yeah. Um, put a point for one. Oh, at number three? Yeah. Oh. I didn't think it would nice. top your list. Um, and I was like, it was my, well, that thing was like, I don't know whether I, yeah, I, it was in the mix, but I'm like, I don't know whether I want to um, rank it sort of thing. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's something that at a certain time needs to be watched by by everyone. Um, but yeah. Um, it's, so... it's just, it's so well put together and I don't know how it would go watching all in one sitting. Oh, yeah. um, I I feel like it would be the kind of movie that does carry you all the way through with the intrigue and the emotion of it all. Let's go on to number two. What do you think is my number two? I've got you down for The Fugitive. Uh, you are wrong, sir. It's Jurassic Park. <laughs> ah, fuck. Uh, Made um, several countries' gross domestic product in in in, in earnings over the fifth year of nineteen ninety three. Um, basically, one of the most spectacular movies ever made. Um, uh, I when I get to my number one, I'll tell you why I separate the two. 
Um, but the yeah, I think um, again with like Spielberg, again with a Spielberg, um, <laughs> again with Spielberg. Like when when like let's talk about like the the separation of 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 story and and visual again for Jurassic Park. Um, people remember the dinosaurs, but like um, I think sometimes the performances and the plot are a little silly. <laughs> like it's not like it's i mean not not in in a way of like it's 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 it takes away from the film but like i think um if you're going to be seriously sort of going all right um putting this up against a movie with like a like a well sort of drawn out plot and all that stuff i think people come for the dinosaurs and then they sort of just stick around for the for the performance and the plot so i do think i mean how do you have a solid storyline and plot point with dinosaurs and yeah. humans yeah yeah no I, I get all that i'm just saying that, like the reason that it's in number two i think is because um i still think that like while it's an, an, an epic movie and, and awesome I, I still prefer like um a performance based movie as my number one sort of thing so yeah well it sounds like i had your one and two around the wrong way <laughs> what's your number two what do you have for my number two for your number two i had oh no sorry i had you lose at, at number two sorry so take my point oh, away take that point off <laughs> um yeah uh, sorry what was your number two wait so what did you have for number three for me um i had jurassic park ah uh my number two uh we may be victim of recency bias in the name of the father Oh, there's so number, many. That was my number one for you. <laughs> ah, well, it's it probably could have been. It's such a good film, but it's the kind of film you'd give four stars because they just. It's not. I think if it was done today, there would be the details would be, would be better. Uh, the timeline would be better. Like the film flows really well, but I think partly because it doesn't give you a lot, it just it just moves on. Do you One day that... he's in London stealing, the next day he's in. I was like, what what just happened? Did he go home? When when is this? What's going yeah, on? I know it's sort of a bit in like nineties movies that they don't they don't the journey is not the 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 point of a lot of the films. It's more like the the um they're more like scene stealers. Like these days, people want more information about where their characters are going. I yeah, where I could see. If if this was made now, it would be like, it would be telling you that this is a month later or this is the next day or when we're going back in time, it would be telling you. Whereas, yeah, I mean, you generally you can work it out and you know, or it doesn't matter. But there was just little moments like that. Um, the fact that it was, a lot of the prison stuff was heavily dramatized, which I get for a Hollywood film. It's a, Dan- um, it's a Danny Day-Lewis film too. Like, there's just going to be like, just acting out the entire ass. Yeah, and he's amazing, and Pete Postlewaite is amazing. Um, but the fact it's over two hours, and you've added in a lot of stuff that never even happened, um, I wonder if you could have pulled this back a little bit, made the real story a bit more of the drama, unless like the IRA are in jail with him starting up wars. Well, yeah. That didn't happen. So, like, let's focus on the actual issue of the police corruption and do it properly, really call them out, and maybe you get five stars. Instead, you get number two. 
Well, but still, reckon, incredible film. Do you reckon because like the the conflict was still sort of going pretty strong, they wanted to sort of not they couldn't be too inflammatory um, about things. Well, I think if that was the case, they could have pulled away from it a little bit more. Okay. Instead, I feel like they leaned into it unnecessarily. Right. Okay. Yeah. I just yeah. um like yeah it's like when I remember when um in the mid two thousands when I wasn't watching movies, but I saw but I saw a lot of them come through the store. Um, <laughs> uh, there's like heaps of Gulf War um movies coming out. And I'm like, it's pretty pretty soon. <laughs> like this all yeah. seems to be things that have happened in the last few years. I'm not sure if I if this is necessary. Well, we had the same after like the Iraq War and um, yeah, everything that they did to Middle Eastern countries, and all of a sudden the new hot thing was, let's make a modern war film where we invade a tiny country for who knows why. I saw um an awesome, I think it was the Onion, um had a headline, uh, Middle East thanks Russia for um taking the taking back the Hollywood bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> trophy <laughs> yeah it's been a while it's been a while <laughs> um so manuel i know that he sucks um fugitive is my number one um this is my ultimate uh rainy day movie i will watch this at any point in my life um <laughs> even if i'm on the run from u.s marshals i will still stop in and they'll catch me because i'll be watching the fugitive in a cinema. <laughs> um yeah, look, I'm I, sure they'd let you finish it. Yeah, um, look, I know, like a lot of people, just like it's just a, it's just a, a, you know, it's not a great movie. Um, not not a very diverse movie. I can give you that too. That's I, I understand that. Um, mm-hmm. but I think I just have so much um, nostalgia and just um, I just love the performances. Um, I think it's Harrison Ford's like best film. Um. I think well, okay, no, I don't think it's his best film, but like I find him like because I've always said, I've already, I've always said he's not that great an actor, but I think this is one of his more believable films. Um, but this is probably the peak of that like police nineties drama. He goes all like regain. dramas and thrillers got huge in the nineties, and this yeah. I'm pretty sure, this has to be the pinnacle, right? He goes all regarding Henry in the car at the end too, when um. <laughs> Like it's all finished, and like he's in the car, and Tommy Lee Jones takes the handcuffs on him and and gives gives him an ice pack, and like he's just being, he just sort of is looking at what Tommy's doing, like with like childlike wonder. I'm like, are you going back into regarding Henry like face? Like what are you doing? He's like, yeah, aren't you a doctor with a really good brain, and you've just been through a lot? Did, and you're quite did you, smart. And did you Sean? film these two concurrently? And you're like, you're you're, you're back in Henry, you're, you're in Henry Town now. <laughs> That's um, not Mark Henry because that's a uh, no. He's an awful. No, we we I I oh. I let mm. we, no. We covered that in '92. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Still, uh, your number one. Give it to me. I thought it was like I don't know. I thought it was um in the name of the father, but I don't know now. So you got you got nothing right. You had no. two of the right films in the wrong spot. Yep, I got nothing right. Wow. So but you like, didn't think I was going to have Fugitive or Runnings? Well, I didn't think you. Yeah, I I thought you didn't like the Fugitive as much as I did. I, I'm, I'm still and the Jurassic Park. I didn't think that because at the time you were like, I'm, you were not that jazzed about either. So it's like, yeah, I didn't watch it again this year. So had I watched it, it possibly could have bumped out Cool Runnings or the Fugitive. Um, so and intrigued. I do feel 
I do feel some shame that I did not list Jurassic Park because it is one of the most epic films of all time, really. Um, But for the fact that I could probably happily watch this movie every day of my life. Oh, what is it? It's Groundhog Day. Oh, of course, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Here's me thinking that uh, you'd already um, already done it because I I look at the wrong list and I'm like... Of course. I'm surprised you didn't expect Dragon to be in there somewhere, or like Hercules Returns. I knew Hercules Returns wouldn't have, like, Dragon was on my shortlist for years. Like, yeah, but I was like, ah, oh, even he knows that's not really a movie. <laughs> I mean, it is, but it's, I don't know. I know there's issues with Groundhog Day. I know rewatching it, it frustrated me with the typical 90s man. Yeah. But I also feel that's part of the idea of the film. And the fact that I could watch this film every single day and still enjoy it. Because I did for a long while you watch did. this film almost <laughs> you, you every watched, single day. Yeah, you watched this in <laughs> B-movie, I think, just like concurrently. Um, yeah, like it's... I think this time around, I think we touched on on the episode too, is that like I definitely resonated more with like those... Um, like when he's when he's trying to revive the old guy in the snow. Like that sort of struck me a bit more. Um, I kind of felt there's a lot more, of heartfelt moments in this. I kind of felt more redemption this time than when you when you watch it sort of like, um, like you know, you know we we either watch movies intently or we watch them like while like you know searching for stuff on the phone or like even, whether it's trivia and stuff like that. But like I remember this time I watched it and it put my phone in the kitchen uh, to make sure that like I wasn't looking at it, and I really, really watched this film this time around, and I did note no, a more more sense of redemption than what I sort of picked up on before. So I think he is trying to be a good person um, by about the halfway point. Because um, you know, when you're young, all you want to do is all you, see, all you want to see is a bit when the groundhog's driving the car, because <laughs> <laughs> like you've seen the trailer and you're like, oh, don't drive angry. I'm like, eh, don't, don't drive angry a bit. This is amazing, but like. Again, the trailers for this movie and like the the what this movie's known for short changes what the film really is about. Like I don't know what you can I just um uh I do, but I also want to make mention because I don't think I mentioned this uh, on the month. Um, remember Crab Man? <laughs> you might need to give um, some uh, background. So on Crab when Man. Paul and I worked at Blockbuster, there was this. Gentleman that was a crab fisher. His name was Joseph. Don't ever fucking call him Joe. Um, but we called him Crab Man behind his back because we we're awful people. Um, and he used to give us crabs. And there the was animal, one the, day the animal, the animal, the animal, <laughs> the animal, uh, the crustacean. Yeah, the crustacean. Yeah. Yes. Several several times he'd bring in a bag of crustacean and be like, "Here you go, crabs." Um, he so not to be. Uh, cruel. He did yell constantly and sounded very angry, and people were terrified of him. But he was actually a very, very sweet man. Yeah. Did you and eat any of the crabs? No, I did not. Uh, I ate many of the prawn crackers that he used to give us, because they're delicious. Um, so one of the many nights I was watching Groundhog Day, he comes in and the beaver is driving the car, and the groundhog. forever in my. <laughs> How did I call it a beaver? <laughs> it's like a beaver, beaver day. day. That's the, that's the version that you don't want to bring home. <laughs> Are they not the same thing though? No, I don't think 
things. Anyway, that's a different podcast. So, uh, the groundhog's driving the car, and every time I watch the film since, all I can hear is Crabman going, Don't drive angry! Because he thought that was hilarious. Do you it's think the funniest it thing he'd ever heard. Do you think it was the first time he ever heard it? Probably. Yeah? Because I imagine he drives angry all of the time, and then he heard someone say it and thought, oh, this is great, that's me. I understand. Can you tell the story that I want you to tell about Crabman? Uh, <laughs> it still makes me feel sick inside of my stomach. I, I can still, I can smell it, I can taste it. So when you yell at people and speak very loudly, saliva comes out of your mouth. And on one horrific occasion, I saw this little, like, millimetre-sized spit bubble come out of his mouth, and I felt it land on my tongue. And this is from at least a metre and a half away. And I instantly felt ill. And I'm sure it's all psychological, but the taste and everything about it, just, I think I probably went grey immediately. It tastes like crabs. When you restocking the fridge, just like, like, was it, and he was like, it's I was around the side of the counter doing something, yeah, and he was just yelling at me. And I just, my whole body just froze. I felt it land on my tongue. <laughs> have you ever been around like tradies like plumbers or painters and they have that like chalky like damp dry smell and just aroma about them yep it was like that i feel like he'd been detiling a bathroom all day and then jumped in the sea <laughs> and spat in my mouth <laughs> Ugh, give me the crab juice <laughs> oh Oh my god! Thanks. I've for heard that story many times, and I'm I'm not even putting that on. But I still laugh so fucking hard at that because I remember. I think you my mouth a- is salivating now of disgust. <laughs> you know, sometimes you salivate out of hunger, and sometimes your mouth waters because you're so yep. just. <laughs> um, I think you messaged. I gotta me. go play soccer now. I think you messaged me. And you said like, I'm gonna vomit. <laughs> He's like, I think Grandma just spat in my mouth. Oh my god! Um, so that that winds up nineteen ninety three quite nicely. Um, thank you so much for I listening wish. this season. We've got nineteen ninety four coming up. Um, keep an eye on Instagram. Um, probably around I'd say mid April. Um, you're gonna hear from us again. But in that time, you can also listen to us every week on Fridays on Do You Think I'm Spooky, um, which is a podcast about the best uh, TV show ever to um, grace our screens called The X Files. Which you know, I don't think we. <sighs> fade off enough in that that series of podcasts whereas x-files comes up often on here (laughs) oh yeah i think we need to just just drift away from x-files occasionally and talk about random shit more oh yeah definitely um because x-files isn't that good okay (laughs) um you might even see um i believe we've still got a few watch alongs we didn't do a really official watch along for a 1993 movie this year but um We've got a couple of ideas for ones coming up. Um, also got some new things maybe um, coming this week. We might, talking about living in the past, we might even go back even further for a special series of shows. We're sort of looking into that at the moment. 
But uh, yeah, keep an eye on our Instagram. Um, if you want to come on or if you want to give us an um, email saying you like us or you hate us or you want to hear more crap man stories, um, no. send us one at <laughs> livingofthepastpod at gmail.com. Check out our Instagram, Living the Past. Um, and then um, in the uh, show notes, you can also check out our Spotify playlists and our letterbox listings of all the movies we watched this year. Um, we made it. We're three ninety three. We're about to start. We're going to start star ninety four. Thanks uh, for joining us, everybody. Thanks, yeah, Paul, yeah. for all your hard work again this year. That's cool. We're coming up to and um, nearly our hundredth episode. So, oh no shit, your hundredth yeah. episode. That would be like my ninety seventh. Yeah. So, um, tight time and bitch. <clears throat> what? So, so um, yeah, I think we're on like we're on, I think we're nearly hitting ninety. So we yeah got 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 a few more to go. Um, so until nineteen ninety four, we will see you next time. Shana Shana Shana. Oh my god! I'm gonna let her know that you're doing that, and she's gonna. Oh yeah, she'll yeah she'll take your calls. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) She's not busy. Thank you once again for listening to Living in the Past. Got some awesome people to thank at the end of the show here. Andrew Golding does our music for us. You can check out his stuff at www.antigold.bandcamp.com. Rebecca Sheedy, she does our artwork. You can check out her stuff on Instagram at mildscribbling. Send us an email at livingthepastpod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram. You can check out letterbox.com following PD Lumsden and check out the movies that we've been talking about this season. You can check out the music we've been talking about on the podcast by going to Spotify and searching Living in the Past podcast and then the month that you want to check out. Want to help us grow the show? Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or tell your neighbor, tell your friend, tell your mother. It all helps. And until next time, as we always say, sit back, look back and relax. Thanks. Thanks.